The Public News Service Daily Newscast, December the 17th, 2021. I'm Mike Clifford. As the court system works to catch up from pandemic disruptions, many courts continue to use remote technology or are testing new ways to incorporate it. Groups that advocate for criminal justice reform and juvenile justice are voicing concerns. They say these steps raise questions about litigants' rights, their access to representation, and other resources. Veronica Williams, who founded Mothers Against Wrongful Convictions, says especially with children, it's important for them to feel they have a support system, and in-person relationships can be key. When they are dealing with court hearings and proceedings, that we have to understand that they are fragile, and when they become fragile, they can become disorientated, and if we're not careful, we lose them in the system. Research has found children are more likely to be perceived as less accurate, believable, or consistent if they testify by video. In a study by the Stanford Criminal Justice Center, 66% of respondents said going remote has compromised attorney-client communication, making it harder to have confidential conversations and build relationships. Doug Keith, counsel with the Brennan Center for Justice, says without universal access to high-speed Internet, many attorneys working during the pandemic have reported poor audio or video quality. He notes 4% of Americans and 9% of those in rural areas lack access to broadband. I'm Lily Bolke reporting. Governor Kim Reynolds is accused of violating Iowa's open records law in a lawsuit filed this week. The suit filed by the ACLU includes watchdog and media organizations as plaintiffs. They say in the past year and a half, Reynolds' offices either ignored or refused to comply with their requests surrounding COVID-19 actions and other public record matters. The ACLU's Rita Bettis-Austin says the need for elected officials to honor these requests is a core function of democracy. Without access to information about what the government is doing on behalf of the people who put those elected officials in place, we really don't have the system of checks and balances in place that we need to in order to maintain our democratic system of governance. One of the records being sought involves videos Reynolds possibly recorded for meatpacking plant workers as COVID-19 spread through those facilities. Reynolds' office did not respond to a request for comment before deadline. I'm Mike Mowen. NPR reports Senate Democrats on the verge of abandoning their pledge to pass President Biden's nearly $2 trillion social spending and climate change package before Christmas. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer had insisted over the past several weeks that the bill would pass the Senate before the holiday. But NPR reports Democrats have been unable to convince Joe Manchin, the senator of West Virginia, he is the key holdout on the bill to pledge his support. This is PNS. A lawsuit claims the New York City Medical Examiner's Office violated the advanced directive of a transgender Muslim man who specified what to do with his remains upon his death. Sean Frederick died in November 2018 giving his partner, Nakemia Stanley, the legal right to make decisions about Frederick's burial. After Frederick died, the suit claims that agreement was ignored. The body was released to his biological family, who didn't accept Frederick's gender identity or faith. Remy Green, representing Stanley, explains it's a violation of her right to sepulcher and caused her so much stress that she miscarried twins. It's not a right that somebody has to intend to violate. There's no do-overs here. You get one shot at putting somebody to rest in accordance with their wishes. And if you get it wrong, the harm is incalculable. The group Compassion and Choices filed an amicus brief in support of the lawsuit. 
A violation of the right to sepulcher provides monetary relief to the person denied immediate control of a loved one's remains. The case is pending in the New York Supreme Court. I'm Emily Scott. That lawsuit also alleges discrimination on the basis of gender, sexual orientation, and marital status. Meantime, New York City made history last week when the city council passed a law giving non-citizens with legal permanent resident status the right to vote in local elections. Anu Joshi is with the New York Immigration Coalition and says her group's goal is to ensure immigrants and people of color have a fair opportunity to elect leaders that represent their identities and their interests. The goal of redistricting should be to ensure that communities have a say in who represents them and that their voices aren't diluted. In September, the coalition and other groups criticized the redistricting commission for releasing two sets of maps instead of one. The next set of congressional assembly and state senate maps will be delivered by January 3rd. Finally, Jonah Chester reports a Wisconsin court has effectively ended any chance of a winter wolf hunt in the state. A coalition of wildlife advocacy groups sued earlier this year to stop the hunt, which was originally set to begin in November and was put on hold while the case was in court. The court schedule indicates a final decision likely won't come until next spring, after the window to host a wolf hunt closes. Melissa Smith, with Friends of the Wisconsin Wolf and Wildlife, one of the groups that sued to block the hunt, calls it a victory for conservationists and hunters. We do not believe hunters are on the other side of this issue. Hunters are with us. Real hunters don't kill wolves, and real hunters are true conservationists. Smith says briefings on the lawsuit will proceed through the winter and into the spring. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for wrapping up your week with Public News Service member and listener supported. Heard on great radio stations and find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.